Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Ocean Protect podcast, talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Let's talk numbers. So, uh, and I have seen different numbers being cited, but I guess to put it in perspective, what proportion of microplastics in our oceans, based on your research, are actually coming from tyres. So obviously there's a whole bunch of microplastics entering our oceans. What proportion of those microplastics do you think are actually from tyres alone? If you go by by weight, uh, it will be 10% at least. So you're saying roughly, or maybe at least, 10% of microplastics in our oceans are from tyres. And that alone is a staggering number. And it's again, again, back to my, my original statement, I, I would never even thought of tyres being a significant source of microplastic contamination in our oceans. And when you're telling me it's 10% at least, that's quite a staggering number, but it may actually be a, a conservative number. There's a recent report by the IUCN, which is the International Union for Conservation of Nature. I'm not sure if you've seen yeah. this report Peter, but they've got a report called Primary Microplastics in the Oceans, a Global Evaluation of Sources. They think of roughly about 28% of all ocean microplastics are from tyres. So 28%. In the same report, they talk about about 30% of uh, ocean microplastics coming from uh, sort of, I guess, the laundry, uh, so clothing sort of wear and tear. And that, that number, again, staggers me as well. We, we had, a, had a, another podcast guest on Rebecca Van Amber from the RMIT in Melbourne, which is an institute of, of research in, in Australia. And she's done a whole bunch of research around microplastic contamination from our clothes. But um, And that staggered me as well. But the numbers that these guys are talking about, 28% of all primary microplastics coming from tyres, is staggering. Does this surprise you, these numbers? Like you talk about at least 10%. The IUCN talked about roughly at 28%. Going back to your original sort of light bulb moment looking at a, a Formula One <laughs> track, is this surprising? Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite, quite difficult because you can't go into the ocean, get a sample and yeah. say, okay, it's this. These are all models uh, they use for mm. calculating it because detecting the particles is not possible at, at the moment. Some researchers studied uh, the transport of particles from the region around uh, Paris in France. Paris mm. is about mm. 200 kilometers from, from the sea. Mm. Uh, and and then, then you get a figure and, and you can say, okay, that, that, that will be... I think they calculated 2% of all tire uh, wear generated was 
uh, entering the ocean there. But you also have figures on, on where people live. And then about half of the world's population is living within 50 kilometers of the sea. Mm. So that, that means that half of the of the world's population will generate its, its, its tire wear also in those 50 kilometers. So on average, mm. 25 kilometers from the sea. So much more will be transported to to the sea from those people. And then, then you have also the, the sand is not a really fast flowing river. If you have a mm. fast flowing river, then far less will be sedimented uh, in, in, mm. in, in the river. If, if you have in, in Bremen, Germany, there uh, the Weser is, is, is very fast flowing and probably no tire particles will settle uh, or hardly any tire particles will settle yeah. in the sediment. Yeah. So yeah. you have that much difference. It's it's and, and you can't go into the ocean and take a sample and say, oh yeah, yeah. I, have, I have 100 microplastic particles. 28 of them are tire. But I remember there's a, whole, there's a few papers that I've seen, I think your paper and a, and a couple others have referenced how they've actually essentially done that. They've, they've looked at, I guess, microplastic contamination in various parts of the world and they've identified that uh, the uh, microplastics certainly look like tire debris. Like they're they're they've got a very I guess distinct color, specifically black, and have various other properties that probably lend themselves to indicating that they are probably from tires themselves. But uh, yeah, it's it's again, it's just a, another example. Like yeah, it recognizes a whole bunch of variables. Like it really depends on where you are in the world and how fast your creeks and rivers are flowing. And there's a whole bunch of variables that influence how much microplastics will enter the ocean and waterways from your Pacific area. But to talk about somewhere, maybe somewhere between 10 to 30% of all microplastics in our oceans currently are from just tyres alone is still staggering. Whilst we might not have a complete understanding of the magnitude of the problem, that doesn't necessarily stop us from actually doing something to actually solve this problem. I guess that sort of brings me to my next question I had to you was based on your research and the research that's been done by others, recognizing it is fairly preliminary. Are there any sort of standout solutions that you would like to see implemented to actually mitigate this problem of tire debris and vehicle wear and tear going into our waterways and oceans? First of all, there is no alternative at the moment for tires. Mm. You depend on an inflatable rubber tire at, at this moment for your car. For straws and, and, and those things, you could, could leave them out and, and plastic cups and yeah. those things, you, there, there's an alternative. But for tires, mm. you don't have an alternative. That, 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 that's a problem. Mm. Not all tire particles in the ocean will be from, from tire wear. You also have the, 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 the artificial reefs, which were made in the 1990s yeah. as a solution for uh, the waste problem of tires. Well, can we talk about this? Because this, this is a cracker. You, you sent me this article in the lead up to this chat. It was a, an article that I've seen actually referenced at a few different locations. So I'll include all the links to these articles in the show notes, but it's called How Tires Threaten Aquatic and Human Life. And they talked of, <laughs> they, I didn't realize this was a thing, uh, dumping, literally dumping old tires into the ocean to create reefs. And the, my, my first question was, who on earth thought this would be a good idea? It was good, yeah. It was good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, of course, it's a like tyre company telling everyone, hey, a great solution for tyre pollution is to dump them in the ocean. Couldn't make this up, it, honestly. It, I could not make this up. It, 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 it would be a breeding place for fish and those yeah. things. Uh, but, but now they are removing them, in, in France at least, and yeah. also in Florida. But, but you have them all over the world, in Japan, Israel. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't know, in like, Australia, now you're 
probably. I, not. I'd like to think we're not that stupid, but I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I really don't know. But yeah, like we, we laugh about this, but they're everywhere. Like there's all these tire reefs. I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm loath to even use the term tire reef. Let's call them tire dumping grounds in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, there's there's stacks of these around the planet. It's staggering. And then they were prohibited to do that in the 2000 about. And then mm. they, they found the artificial uh, turfs, the football pitches. Uh, and in, in, in Holland, now about every tire which is, which is abandoned is, is used in, a, in an artificial turf. I don't know if, if, oh. the, if you also have them in Australia. Look, I think we do. There was actually one of my colleagues, uh, uh, Harut from um, uh, Sydney. Uh, shout out to Harut. I think he's another listener. But he did a video just recently showing the amount of black plastic rubbery bits of pieces just downstream of a sports oval in Sydney. But I, I must admit I didn't even think that these it's artificial, these turf, artificial turf are made from old tyres. Yeah, they are granulated into particles yeah. from, say, uh, two to three, four millimeters. And then, and then they are used uh, between the grass uh, roots uh, to, to keep them upright. They add some sand and those tire particles. What? I, 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 yeah, I, I must admit, I didn't even think about this because, yeah, because Harut was showing like a drain just, just downstream of the uh, uh, sports oval and it was caked. It, it, was, it was these little black, I guess in hindsight, old bits of tire just throughout the whole drain. And again, that's just going to wash straight into a, a local creek, into the river, and ultimately, in that, in that case, into Sydney Harbour. Yeah, and then, it's, then it will end up in the ocean. It was, was considered to be a good example of recycling. My goodness. But, but again, I guess this is one, this is one of the beauties of uh, wonderful uh, part-time students like yourselves and, and full-time students is that we do these things without really understanding of the, the, the full consequences of our actions. But then research, like the research you've done, shows, uh, I guess, the potential error of our ways. So we can actually appropriately do something to prevent this from occurring in the future. In, in Europe, you have an, an institution, ECA, uh, that's advising the European Commission. And mm-hmm. they advise the commission now to prohibit the intentionally produced microplastics. The, the granulate in artificial turfs is one of them, uh, which they advise to prohibit. And then it would just end those artificial turfs uh, using the, the, the microplastics uh, as an infill. So we're in agreement that no more tires being dumped underwater, uh, no more tires being used to, you know, create artificial turf environments. But what what do we do about the the tire wear and tear that's coming from our road environments? So we still need tires. We obviously need to make sure that, that these tires are appropriately safe and can transport us effectively. But what do we actually do to solve this problem? Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
I don't know how to solve it. You can do some mitigation and probably get to half of it or something uh, by, mm. if you have an electric car, you can program it to just accelerate uh, at, at a decent uh, speed and, and, and cornering not that fast. And you can make them lighter if, 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 you, if, mm. if the, the safety is uh, by a central system. So you have an autonomous car. Mm. Then you can, I think, you reduce a lot, uh, and, and perhaps the car manufacturers could try to uh, reduce the wear. In, in, in Europe, they are now looking for a, a system to affect a, a mark on the tire on, on how much it wears. In America, you, you, you already have it. Uh, there, you can see it's it's. They have a standard tire. They put it on a car, and they take another car, and there, there they have the tire to measure, and they they drive around uh, a track for I think thousand miles or something, or. And, and then you, you, you get a percentage of the wear from the standard tire, and that's affected on. So mm-hmm. you can see if I buy that tire, I, I can drive uh, more or less than the standard mm-hmm. tire. Uh, and they are now mm-hmm. trying to to get the same system also in Europe. So you can see this is a tire which will last longer. Uh, so th- mm-hmm. then you also will, will have less wear. And, and perhaps mm-hmm. uh, the tire manufacturers can do something on the construction of the tire to get less wear. Because if, if you have figures from the 1980s, then you see the tires wear uh, about double of what they wear now. Oh, right. Okay. So th- th- there has, has already been a big improvement. Uh, and another thing would be, uh, yeah, make your tires. Uh, you get, the, you know, the cradle-to-cradle concept? Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if your tires would be cradle-to-cradle, uh, if you wouldn't put any indecent stuff in, yeah, then yeah. the tire wear would, would decompose in say, 10 or 20 years or something, and then they don't do any harm anymore. Yeah, it's probably fair to say that, yeah, in the absence of this research, we did know this was a problem, the the, the microplastic contamination from tyres. We didn't, we and we may not have known that was a problem, and maybe the tyre manufacturers uh, didn't know. But certainly, if, if I guess more people sort of become aware of this as a, as a key issue, and I, I suspect that'll actually drive legislation change, innovation, et cetera. And what I've seen in sort of other, I guess, key pollutants that we may not have readily understood, uh, say, for example, asbestos, CFCs, uh, PFAS. When we identify that there's a, a, a problem associated with the use of these chemicals, we generally find companies that are actually involved in their production are, are very quick to innovate uh, and essentially come up with a, a safer alternatives to what they yeah. probably have used previously. And I suspect this will be the same thing for tyres. It might take a while, but I suspect that'll actually still happen in time. I guess the key, the key uh, solution that comes to mind as well, like we talked about how if we can essentially just intercept the microplastic contamination from our roads, you know, create some sort of interception between the, the, the road environment and the waterway environment through some sort of treatment system, that obviously stops significant quantities of microplastic contamination going into our waterway. So a, a simple one would be to just have, a, like you said, it said they use in uh, Netherlands, but I've seen them in, on main roads in Australia, they, they have these wetland environments like a pond where they we know the sediment with often a lot of microplastics will essentially settle out and we can remove that at regular intervals to make sure that the, the microplastic contamination loads are, are lower. I guess another innovation that Ocean Protect install and maintain is just little gully baskets. We can put in gully baskets with a fine mesh screen in any roadside gully pit and, and yeah. capture the microplastics very effectively. There are solutions ready to rock and roll, but I guess the, I guess the key thing is that if we didn't know this was a problem beforehand, we just didn't do anything about it. So, again, that, that's why it's so important that this research 
has been undertaken. But I guess probably more importantly is that the research obviously continues, but we actually act on that research as well. So in that regard, I I certainly uh, thank you uh, and your team. I'm sure there's a a team of uh, experts as well uh, behind you as well. It's really, uh, I guess, effective research. Like, as I, and I've talked to a few sort of scientists on the show over the, over the last couple of years, and the practical nature of the research that's being undertaken in this space is so fantastic. It's not sort of pondering life, death, and the universe and scratching chins, whatever. It's actually very valuable research that will essentially drive innovation and change and ultimately protection of our environment. So in that regard... It's super impressive stuff for a someone who's doing a part-time degree, uh, sort of, uh, you know, after watching a you know a Formula One race and thinking about things. It's it's honestly, it's, I did not know this story, so it's an amazing. This is one of the benefits of, of of doing this podcast. We get to hear the backstory behind these publications and research articles, and and I think they're as fascinating as the research themselves. So it's just super stuff. Yeah, yeah and, and and our aim just was to, to to raise awareness we compared it to uh, i think 31 of, of those big container ships uh, which were uh, yeah. blocked in the suez canal uh, you, you have 31 of those big ships of tireware which are dumped in the environment uh, every year is that right so just because we talked about proportions like uh, we think maybe it's somewhere between 10 to 30 percent of microplastics are coming from tires and so you're talking about just to clarify that number again you're talking about container ships full of microplastics being dumped into the ocean can you explain that to me again we have uh, say 0.8 kilogram per person over the whole world yeah we have about 7 billion uh, people so say 6 billion kilograms of microplastics and therefore, you need 31 of, of those big ships. Uh, Is that per year? So 31 of those big tankers that we saw get stuck in the Suez Canal, 31 of those full of microplastics is being dumped in the environment per year. And that's just from tire wear. Yeah, just from tire wear. Wow. So tire rubber is just about 8% of the, the amount of plastic produced. Uh, so 12 times as much as... as as tires, it's, it's the rest of the plastics. Uh. Wow. Well, we should we should clarify. Like we talked about a lot. We obviously talked a lot about tires coming from our road environment and and entering uh, you know downstream or into the waterways or creeks or into the adjacent soil. But are tires the the main? I guess source of microplastics coming from our roads because obviously there's brake pads being worn as well and other sort of little bits and pieces. But tires is am I right in saying tires are the main source of microplastics? Yeah. Wow. Brake wear will be far less uh, if you have electric cars. Yeah. So I guess before we wrap up, and and, and uh, I, could, I could talk about this all day, but I guess I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to know what's next. Are you going to continue this research focus on microplastic contamination from tires, or or have you got another subject to do next semester? Or no, <laughs> no I, 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 I'm now looking in, in the amount of tire particles which is coming from the artificial uh, turfs. Right. Wow. But probably that will be prohibited in Europe in the, in the next two years or something, uh, I hope. Oh, that's good. Uh, well, that's, that's good news, yeah. Because, because you, you also now have to have the, the artificial turfs without uh, the infill. Uh, so th- there is an alternative. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, another question I had was to you, are the tyre companies at all? Obviously, they'd be watching this research with great interest, but are you actively sort of liaising with the tyre the companies around your findings? We do have contact uh, 
you can't blame them, but it's it's us who drive the cars. That, that, that's sure. We, we we are the problem. It's not not the companies, uh, and we should go into discussion with them and use legislation and and, and so and so forth to 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 mm. find a solution on it together. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's, it's obviously it's it's probably easier to sort of paint the tie companies as being these bad companies just after trying to making money and polluting the planet on the same time. But that ultimately, they are still providing a valuable service in, in providing us safe tyres to you as we as we travel around the countryside. And, and they, in their defence, they probably didn't know uh, how much of a problem the, the wear and tear was on marine and waterway health. And I think we still don't know. And obviously, we've focused a lot of our attention on marine waterway health, but we haven't even touched on, I guess, the human health implications of, of this microplastic contamination in our waterways and oceans, recognising that we often eat the fish that are coming out of these oceans. Previous chat we've had with a lady from um, called Dr. Janice Brani from the University of Utah, by memory, she was talking about how oceans burp this microplastic often uh, into the atmosphere. So we've often had this sort of idea that uh, once microplastics enter the sediment or uh, get into deep parts of the ocean, they're basically there forever. But probably the research is sort of showing that that's actually not the case at all. And there's essentially the, the oceans themselves are essentially regurgitating microplastics into the atmosphere. And from there, they just travel thousands of kilometers and back to land. Uh, it's, it's fascinating research. But again, it's you re- we're really just on the cusp of understanding this problem. And it's certainly, uh, it's hats off to guys like yourself who are sort of, I guess, increasing our knowledge and awareness around this issue. So uh, like I said before, it's pretty impressive part-time uh, research uh, <laughs> initiative that you've undertaken. So in that regard, Peter, thank you so much. Thank you. I look forward to uh, seeing uh, you uh, publish your findings around your artificial turf uh, research. But uh, And certainly uh, on behalf of uh, the listeners and Ocean Protect, thank you so much for joining in on this chat today it's really been fascinating it's and it's it's a real it's a real buzz because i remember seeing this article in national geographic like i said two years ago and i'm thinking ah oh, that is amazing and one of the beauties of this podcast is we get to sort of you know reach out to individuals like yourself and chat further and it's and honestly the research is fascinating but the the the, the chats behind the research uh, equally as fascinating so uh, again thank you so much for giving up a very late night in the netherlands so oh, no i'll better let you get to bed but again thank you so much for your time today yeah it was an honor <laughs> thank you thanks for listening to the ocean protect podcast if you'd like to find out more about us and what we do check us out at oceanprotect.com.au